0: What is up? Connection Church Pooler, how's everyone doing? Y'all good? Y'all live up in this place, man? You can't listen to my boy Thomas sing and not be excited. You know what I'm saying? Um, I am not Michael, Uh, I am much shorter. Um, My name's Buck. Uh, I serve as our campus pastor at Connection Church Dublin. And so I am just super excited to be here. Uh, Unfortunately, like I said, Michael and a lot of our staff in Statesboro are coming down with some food poisoning, so we don't know who's trying to take us out. Uh, but we're, we're hanging in there, all right? And so I got called out of the bullpen today, and uh, man, I'm super excited to bring the message to you. Uh, so yeah, so uh, something I like to do uh, is I like to celebrate, and so you guys wanna hear something really cool that God's done this year? We've had people come to know Jesus in all five of our locations this year. Can we just take a second and say thank you to God for that? <clears throat> And so if it's your first time here, let me just say a special welcome to you. Uh, Man, we love people and we love Jesus. And our mission statement is this, is we exist to connect people to a growing relationship with Jesus. So when that happens, man, we celebrate like crazy. And it's really uh, what puts fire in our veins, man. It's why we come, why we gather, why we sing is that we want to glorify Jesus and we want to see God's church advance. You know what I mean? Um, So we get excited about that. And so tonight, uh, I want to share a little bit about community, okay? If you're a note taker, I don't know if you are, uh, I know a lot of people have phones and uh, hopefully um, you're not playing that new racing game that my kids have. Uh, but tonight, I want to be talking about community if you're taking notes. And, and before I really dive in, I want to tell you a little bit about your leader, Michael, and, uh, and what I uh, love about Michael, all right, and my experience with Michael. And I've been so excited as God's been... Um, just kind of cultivating this thing and getting this campus ready uh, all behind the scenes and God was raising him up to be the pastor here. Um, I actually got to serve with Michael, all right? Um, Michael was the worship pastor when we planted Connection Church Vidalia, which is where I'm from. Okay, and, uh, and, and what I know about Michael is this, is he made me uh, the guy on the computer, all right? And so you'll see the words on the screen during the songs and while I'm preaching, and that doesn't just come up by magic, all right? We have someone back there that's actually doing that, and, and, uh, and, and you'll learn this about me. I'm super ADD. I'm gonna move around a little bit, but, but man, I tried so hard for Michael to be focused and be the word guy. You know what I mean? And what I know about Michael is this, is that he loves Jesus and man, he is just an incredible leader of people, right? And I, I would show up at 8 a.m. and I could not wait to get there because my leader, the worship pastor there, like man, he I knew he loved me. And man, he I, I wanted to follow him. Wherever he said to go, I was ready right? And I wanted to be so clean on those words, man. Like I wanted to be the guy that like those transitions are perfect and they're awesome. Um, And my ADD kicked in and I probably failed him miserably, uh, which is maybe why they kicked me out and why I'm doing this. So I can move around as much as I want and not have to pay attention. But I I just want to tell you, you're getting an incredible leader of people and an incredible follower of Jesus and a pastor, here. And um, I really do believe the ceiling for what God is going to do at this campus is unbelievable. I really do believe that. Um, <clears throat> so I wanted to encourage you with that. So if you got your Bibles, and I hope you do, go ahead and turn to Acts to 42 through 47. Um, I'm going to read this passage and pray that God would show up and show out tonight. And then we're going to break it down a little bit. So Acts 2, 42 through 47. And this is what it reads. It says this. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Would you guys pray with me for a moment? God, thank you for the day. God, thank you for waking me up. God, thank you for um, just the opportunity to come and just to open your word and to pray. God, we're just uh, we're so humbled by your presence here, God. I'm grateful for the opportunity. And, and Lord, I just pray right now as we uh, deliver your word, God, that it would be nothing of me, nothing about me, God, that your Holy Spirit would come and speak through me. God, that you would open um, our hearts and our ears to receive what you have for us, God. And and Lord, help us to get a vision. My prayer for tonight is that we would get a vision of what you intended when you designed your church, God. What you wanted us to do. What you wanted it to look like. And Lord, I pray that today that we would reshape our view of church. And God, that our view of church would be your view of church. And So I pray for that. Um, God, I cannot change anyone's heart. Lord, I cannot change anyone. Um, God, that's something only you can do. So I pray for that to happen tonight. And uh, Lord, I, I'm excited about what you're going to do. So, that name, amen. Amen. All right. You guys good? Everybody locked in? So I want you to think to yourself right now, okay? If I went and pulled this room right now and said, what is church? All right? And I want you to think on that and ponder on that question for a minute. If I asked everyone in this room, 100, 150, 200, I don't know how many there are in here, but if I asked everyone what is church, I guarantee you we would get 150 different answers, right? And that many of you would think, man, when you hear the word church, you think, all right, um, building, maybe a steeple, right? Um, Maybe some of us would think khakis. Like I always, when I was growing up, I thought about khakis and good people. You feel me? You guys with me? I don't know why. And not just khakis like normal, like khakis here. You know what I mean? Like, like you, you know, and, and like in the 50s, you, you get what I'm saying, right? And so I, I think of khakis and good people. Um, some of you would think uh, a, a place to go on Sunday, right? Some of you would think it's a place that better be done at 12 or I'm leaving, right? Um, but we have all these different views of church, And many of us, um, some kind of view has shaped our view of church, right? And unfortunately, what I began to learn and uncover is that a lot of people do not have a good view of church. Usually a relationship or some sort of experience has really damaged the view of the church, right? And I would venture to say that there's people in here who have been hurt by the church, right? And I want to tell you, if that's you, man, I I just want to tell you, I'm sorry, that God's heart was not, his church was not intended to do that to you. And I apologize. And I know that's probably many people in here that has had a bad experience. But what I'd like to do, regardless of your view of church, I would like for you to shut it down like right now, okay? And what I would like for you to do is just be open to in your heart and your mind to what God's view of his church was when the thing started, what it looked like, okay? And that's kind of my hope and my prayer tonight is that we would reorient our minds and our hearts to what God's purpose is, for the church, all right? You guys good? Everybody locked in? That clear? Okay, cool. So in this text, Acts 2, 42 through 47, we have to understand the context of what's going on, okay? And so what has happened is Jesus has gone back to heaven, okay? Check this out. He died, he resurrected, he's the savior of the world, all right? He's proved that because he Was dead three days. The Spirit of God raised him to life. And so when he came back to life, he gathered his disciples and followers together and he said this He said, All right, I'm going away, okay? But I want you to go and stay in Jerusalem. Do not move. The Holy Spirit's gonna come down, it's gonna descend on you, it's gonna fill you up with power. And once you receive that power, you're gonna be my witnesses to Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, all right? So it's this idea of Jesus leaving his followers behind. They're waiting anxiously up in this upper room in Jerusalem, and they're listening to God's promises, right? They're listening to what Jesus said would happen, okay? And so there's this anticipation. They're up in this upper room. God said, man, don't go anywhere, and Jesus is gone. Like, what's it going to look like? And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit falls at Pentecost, all right, they're in Jerusalem, these guys are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and then they begin to talk and what the Bible says, they talked in tongues of fire and all this awesome stuff and power began to happen and the people began to look at them and think, dude, what the heck is going on? Like, what are these guys doing, right? Like, what what is this power and this thing? And then my boy Peter, and by the way, this is really cool, does anybody know Peter's name was not originally Peter? His name was Simon, And Jesus told him, Jesus said, Simon, on this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of Hades won't stand against it. And what Peter actually means is rock, right? So Jesus changed Simon's uh, name to Peter and he said, man, I'm going to build my church on you, okay? So that's a prophecy and a promise. And then Peter stands up in front of all these people, thousands of people in Jerusalem, Jews, Gentiles, and everyone else. And he says, all right, let me tell you what's going on. Okay? God said this would happen. You guys, this Jesus that you crucified, all right? He is the savior of the world that you crucified him. He was talking to the Jewish people and the elites and he said, "You crucified the son of man and the power you see is the Holy Spirit that he promised." And man, we are his church and we're about to take this thing forward. Now, I want you to look in Acts 2:37 through 38. And so Peter full of boldness, full of the Holy Spirit, tells these people and he says, like, you guys just killed Jesus, all right? But I'm telling you, you're wrong because you just killed the Son of Man, the Son of the living God, right? Think about the boldness of that. Like, they should have just strapped Peter up right there on the cross and did the same to him that they did to Jesus. But God gives us a different message here. Look in verse 37, 37 and 38. It says, when the people heard this, when they heard Peter's message it says they were cut to the heart. They knew it was true in their heart, this message about Jesus, and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? In other words, like, you're right. Like, this Jesus is who he says he is. And the Spirit of God was working on their heart. And they're like, what, what should we do? And then listen to what Peter says. Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So that day, these 12 apostles are up in this upper room. They receive the Holy Spirit. They go down. They preach the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And check this out. And it says at the end of this chapter, um, or it says on down a little bit, it says 3,000 people accepted Jesus and 3,000 were baptized that day. Now, how incredible is that, right? Right? And I think Peter's got to have some humility because if your boy preaches a message, 3,000 get saved, I'm dropping my mic and I'm out of here. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the best message ever. Like 3,000 people got saved and baptized, all right? And so God's church began with these 3,000 people in Jerusalem, the church that he promised. He told Peter, I'm going to build this church, okay? And so right here, this text I'm about to read you, okay, or we're about to read together, this text is what that first church was doing, the original design. All right? And a lot of people at Connection Church, they look in at us and they think, man, what are those guys doing? What are they doing different? What are, what are they doing that people come and people get saved and baptized? Like, well, are they preaching a different message? No, 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 no. The reality of it is we trust the original message. Amen? That we trust the original design of the church, that people think we're doing something different. But here's the deal, man. What I'm about to read you is our heart and our vision for community in our church. All right? So this is huge, the magnitude on what I'm about to read. And man, I'm telling you, you guys, you guys locked in because uh, I, I get super passionate about community in the church, right? And I, and I love it. So I hope you're with me. Let's read. So start in verse 42. I'm gonna read and we're gonna break this thing down. If you're taking notes, I'm just gonna share six things the early church was doing. And as we get ready tonight and we get done and, and we get ready to go sign up for a connect group, man, I just wanna encourage you, go ahead and take two, two feet in that we believe that here is the invitation, but man, we believe real life change happens is gonna happen in connect group. So verse 42, it says, what, what were they doing? It says, they devoted themselves to these things. Listen, to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. So the first thing I want you to take it with you is this. The early church, they kept it simple. The first thing I want you to hear is they kept it simple. They weren't focused on 400 different ministries. You guys get what I'm saying? Is they, they weren't extending their energy into 100 different areas, but they wanted to be very focused on four things, all right? So you ask, what were those four things? The first is this, the apostles' teaching. And you can just write that down. They were devoted to the Bible, right? So the apostles' teaching is what that would accumulate to us is we have the Bible. We don't have to wait for any more um, uh, written words from God. We have 66 books full of it, okay? So we're devoted to the Bible. In our connect groups, we're going to read the Bible, All right. And here's the deal, if you've never really read the Bible or maybe you've been in Sunday school and it's been like an insecurity thing because you don't even know where to start, let me tell you something, man. I'm I'm the pastor at one of our campuses and no one taught me how to sit down and read the Bible until I was 21 years old, right? It is okay to not be okay. It is okay to not do that. Man, that is what the church is for, (laughs) that we wanna walk with you and help you get a start, right? Right? And you don't have to feel insecure about how much you know the Bible or don't. That that's what the church is for, and that's what Jesus wants to start and help you do. They were devoted to the Bible. The second thing they were devoted for, de- devoted to, is fellowship. Fellowship. Now I, I, I gotta, y'all gotta be honest with Y'all are an honest bunch. Y'all tell me the truth, right? Y'all good with that? Yes. No. Maybe. Okay. All right. How many of you, when you hear fellowship, you think social hall and fried chicken? Just be honest. Be honest, amen, I got some honest folks in here. When I think fellowship, I think of hall, I think of preacher wrapping up at 12, and I'm going two feet in on fried chicken. You got me? That's exactly what I think about. And what happens is our American culture, we have dumbed down this word fellowship to what it doesn't really mean. What fellowship means is deep unity, okay? Fellowship means that we actually know each other. And not only do we know each other, but we, we are walking in unison together toward a common goal. Does that make sense? I, I think about this. I'm going to get geeky on you. For some of you geeky folks like me, man, um, how many of you have seen Lord of the Rings, right? The, the Fellowship of the Ring? What, what were these guys doing? Frodo and his clan, whatever their names were, right? Like they had a ring and they had a common mission that they were getting that ring to, to wherever that place is. I, I really know the name, but I don't want y'all to think I'm too geeky because I do know. I know where they're trying to get the ring to. I know it's going to Mordor. But anyway, <laughs> but Frodo and his crew are deeply unified, right? They, they know each other. They are, they are doing life with each other. They are saving one another. They are walking with one another, all headed in the same direction. And here's the thing, man. God's word says that Jesus is the head of the church, all right? And that's the person we're all walking toward, right? It's the head of Jesus. It's Jesus Christ that puts us on the same team and we walk in fellowship with one another. The third thing, what the church was devoted to, is the breaking of bread. Now you're thinking this is my kind of church, right? Um, But what that actually means is think about communion and its remembrance of Jesus. So the third thing they were devoted to is Jesus, okay? The early church was devoted to Jesus, to remembering what Jesus did for them, that everything they did, the source of it is what Jesus did on the cross. You guys, you know, we talk about our church and we're launching our fifth campus and I believe this campus is going to run wild out there and God's going to do incredible things. I believe that. So uh, before that happens, I want to encourage you. The reason I believe God is protected and anointed and continues to use our church is our number one value statement. Does anybody know what that value statement is? It's all about Jesus. Hear that again. That it's all about Jesus. That everything we do, the why behind what we do, it's all about Jesus, right? And that's what the early church was about, that we're not afraid of his name, but man, we are passionate about his name. And then the fourth thing is this, they were devoted to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Fourth thing is this, they were devoted to prayer. And man, I, I cannot wait. I cannot, I wish I had more time to share stories, but when you get in a small group of people And man, and you begin to share um, your life and begin to be honest about where you are. And and when you have difficulties and the struggles of your life, and, and man, like I've told you, if I haven't told you yet, it is okay to not be okay, but God meets us where we are and he gives us people to come alongside and walk with us. Man, you begin to share what's going on in your life and people begin to pray and you're gonna watch God continue and transform you and transform the people around you. As you pray and you watch God respond, to our prayers, man. They were devoted to it and they saw awesome things. Okay? Make sense? Awesome. So what happened? So, they were devoted to those four things. Read verse 43 with me. It says, "Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. So the second thing is this. They saw signs, wonders, and miracles. They saw wonders and signs. They saw things that only God could take credit for. And let me tell you, if you're praying for this church, go ahead and write this down, man. Pray for things that only God can take credit for. Hear that again. Pray for things that only God could take credit for. And when they were devoted to these four things, God blessed them and they saw signs, wonders, and miracles. Just a quick story I want to share with you guys. Something One of the most incredible things I've ever seen. We had a couple that came when we were planting the church, um, and this couple was real quiet the first time they came to our first small group, and uh, they didn't really say a whole lot, and, but I thought they had a really good time, and I thought they enjoyed it, and they didn't come back. I was like, all right, well, some weirdo ran them off, me. Anyway, uh, just kidding. That was probably me. But, uh, but anyway, so months went by. We plant the church, and we launch out four or five connect groups, much like you guys are doing, and, uh, and they show back up at one of them. I'm like dang right, man, really cool, and uh, so they're going around, and the first night, everybody's just kind of talking, and, and all of a sudden, they begin to well up in tears, and it's like, oh, gosh, what did we do, uh, and they just began to share. They said, listen, here's the deal. Um, we've had trouble getting pregnant. Um, we've had a lot of trouble, and uh, we, we are on our last leg, and we can't afford to try again, and things are not going well. Uh, we, we are just hurting. And man, it was like just the faucet went out and everybody began to share and, and encourage them and pray for them. And so for four to five to six weeks straight, every night at small group, everyone laid hands on them and began to pray, all right? And they just began to pray for God to just come, to come and show up. And, and so over the course of these four, five, six weeks, um, I can't remember the exact circumstance. So this couple got a, a generous gift out of nowhere. And so they said, man, we're, we're going to try this thing again. And so they had appointments in Savannah, and we're all praying for this child. And and all of a sudden, uh, things are looking good. They begin the process, and they've got an appointment in Savannah. And guess what? The hurricane shows up in Savannah. And so things are looking bleak again. And we all begin to pray. And we pray that God just find a way to get them there. Y'all, here's the deal. They ran through three roadblocks that day. The doctor somehow said, man, I'll stay here. I may die, but I'm going to get you what you need. You guys come see me. All right. And so they run and literally they're like going by GBI agents that have got the roads blocked off. And I don't know, I don't know if they held a gun to them or what, but literally somehow, some way God gets them in Savannah. They get what they need, man. Um, few weeks later they're with child, right? And just incredible. And, and even at the birth of the child, they almost lost the child and, and they, people began to pray and y'all, it was a miracle. It was a true, like we were all sitting in that living room and we had just watched a miracle. And it was because of God. God just came and did something that he didn't have to do. And not this, God doesn't always come through that way, but man, we saw a real one in the beginnings of this church. And I wanna tell you, man, there are things in front of you right now, there are similar stories that you guys are gonna have that, that you're gonna get to share with people and say, man, let me tell you how awesome my God is. You guys with me? That's what's gonna happen in your small groups, man. I cannot tell you, take two feet in, go jump and watch God change your life. You'll get to see the power of God on display. The third thing is this, let's read verse 44. It says, all the believers were together. They had everything in common. The third thing is this, they were unified. They were unified. Let me tell you what they weren't. They weren't acquaintances in a pew for an hour. You guys got me? They weren't acquaintances, man. They were unified. They were together. Let me tell you something I was encouraged by. There are a lot of people from all different ages, all different backgrounds in this room. Let me tell you why that makes me excited because the more diverse we become, the more accurate this church is gonna look like the church in heaven. You hear me? The more diverse and unified this church is, the more this church is gonna look like the one we're gonna sing the glory of God in heaven. You guys got me? In the early church, it says they had everything in common and in a world, in, a, in a, a world and a country that is trying to rip people apart, that is trying to divide people, that we can't get along about anything. We're the most divided country that this country's ever been. We're as divided as we've ever been. Let me tell you something. This is just what I believe. I believe what the answer to this country and the answer to our communities is this, we all fall under the headship of Jesus. And once we see how big that Jesus is and the gospel is in our life, what it does is it unifies us that no difference we have could ever separate us from the love of Christ. Amen. That's what would unify us. That's the kind of community they had. It says they had everything in common. No, that doesn't mean they watched the same TV shows. No, that doesn't mean that they had the same interests. No, that doesn't mean that they did the normal, these, these day-to-day things exactly right. But let me tell you what their lives were about. What unified them is that Christ was real in their life and he had an ultimate authority in their life that put them on the same team. And man, I, I know I, my voice gets elevated and I get excited because my vision for our church is this, is that we would be the people that, when they see us, man, they think, man, there's something different there. That's so much better than this world out there. Whatever they've got, man, that, that's what love looks like. They were unified. They had a common mission, a common purpose. They had to get the name out. See, Jesus creates unity. Hear that again. Jesus creates unity. Let's continue to read verse 45. It says, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. The fourth thing is this, is they were generous. I pray that we're the kind of church that if God took us out of Pooler, all the Pooler would say, where the heck did they go? Man, they were were awesome to our community. They were generous to their church and they were generous outside of their church. Not just with their money, but their time, money, energy, thoughts, and affections. We're a generous people, that we're not about me, we're about him, and because we know him, him extends through us and out into this community. You guys with me? Make sense? It's a beautiful community, it's a beautiful thing. We're marked as a community of people that know and love Jesus, we're generous. A good friend of mine's in here, you guys, wanna, you guys in for a cool story? Can we talk about the church and what the church looks like? Uh, I got a friend of mine here tonight, and uh, and he and I, I invited him. We we're going to Engage Global, okay? And what that is is a uh, sort of like a missions conference, if you will, and and uh, what it is is it teaches the church about what's going on in the world and how we can help partner with people to get the gospel to the world. And it's just gonna be an awesome experience. And I ask him to go and I tell him what it's gonna cost and, and uh, he's excited. Well, um, something goes wrong in his truck the week of, right? And it doesn't look like he's, financially going to be able to go. And he calls me and this is what he says. He says, Buck, he says, man, I, I want to go, but um, hey, this is what's come up. And I just said, hey man, I want you to go. I know this is going to change your life. Just come on, just, just come and go. And so I'm thinking, well, uh, your boy's money's tight too, but I'm going to help him if I have to, right? Um, but I said, I'll get him there. And anyway, so uh, it's on, I think we're leaving on like a Tuesday. I can't remember what day we're leaving, but I'm at home, it's like nine o'clock at night and I'm, I'm pretty worn out. I'm ready to just chill out about nine o'clock and i hang out with my wife who's way too good looking for me and trying, um, anyway. Uh, and I just kind of mellow out at nine. And so I get a call from another guy in our church. He says, Buck, I gotta come see you right now. I'm like, oh gosh, well, okay, what, what happened? And, uh, and he pulls up in my yard and he's got this serious look on his face and he says, man, I don't know what this is for. But I wanted to give you this. It gives me $200 right there in my hand and it says, you'll know what to do with it. God just told me to do this. And I was just like, wow, how powerful is that? So my buddy shows up the next day and we're getting ready to go on this trip. And I say, hey, man, here you go. God, God sent you this. You know, how cool is it that I can share that? And that's what God's church is. It's a generous church that when God moves us to be generous, we answer and we get to share awesome things like that. The fifth thing, check it out, verse 46. It says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. This is what I want you to hear. Man, this is what, uh, take this down. They did life together. They did life together. They lived together. They had a common purpose. It says they met together in their homes. And man, this is what we do when we meet in connect groups. Let me tell you, half of you probably think that Connect Group's gonna be 10 people sitting Indian style and singing Kumbaya. You know what I'm saying? And it's gonna be really weird. Like, I get it. I've been in that Bible study and then one guy's gonna be like way smarter than everybody and he loves the fact that he's smarter than everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah, has anybody been in this Bible study? Am I preaching to myself, right? It's gonna be real like, you're just like, dude, shut up, you know? I mean, just get me home. No, here's the deal, man. We show up. We eat together, we share what's going on. We're like, man, just, you know, whatever. We share, we hang out. And man, we're focused on those four things. We want to know you and we want to get you plugged in with people that can do life with you, right? And that's what Connect Group looks like. It's just like this. It says they met continually and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They were genuinely glad to see each other. And this is just a personal hope for our church, okay? You guys with me, everybody tuned in. Um, Following Jesus and being normal can coexist. You hear me? Look at me. Just be normal. You guys with me? Hear that again. I almost make you want to repeat it. You be you, just be you in Christ. Amen? That you don't have to change and be somebody you're not, but man, just be you in Christ. Say yes to Christ, and if you haven't, man, let him come, change your your heart, and then watch what God's going to do with you. But this is one of my burning desires is, man, just following Jesus can be normal. You know what I mean? Now, we're going to look abnormal to the world, but it can become who we are, right? And the more and more we make Jesus more of who we are, the more and more normal he becomes and the more and more power we see of him moving in and through our lives and creating a community that people want to be a part of, right? Man, that's my hope and my prayer, and that's what the church should look like. And, man, I know for so many, man, the church has robbed them of that vision. But, man, I want to tell you, God's doing something new. He's doing something different because we want to follow that original Design. And so that brings me to the last thing, verse 47. You guys read this with me. It says, They were praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Hear this they were attractive. Hear that again. The church was attractive. That people didn't look at the church and say, what a bunch of whatever. They looked at the church and said, man, I want in on what those guys have right? Wherever God sent the early church out, man, whatever they put them out, man, it was attractive, that it was people that attracted people back to where they were and what they were doing, that it was a a place people wanted to be. And God said, because they were committed and were being the church he designed to be, it says people just kept coming. They were saving people. They were baptizing people. People wanted to be a part of this community, right? And man, I just, my heart beats for that. And here's the deal, man. I preached this message one year ago, just praying that God would do something. Let me tell you what's happened in Dublin is we've had over 60 people come to know Christ and get baptized and join our community there. Because God's faithful to take care of it. When we are trust his promises and we make much of Jesus and we be the church and the community he wanted us to be, let me tell you something. He'll add to our number daily. He'll bring the people, man. He'll bring the people that this is his heart for the church, is that it wasn't something that people awkwardly tiptoed into, but it was something that they wanted to be a part of weekly. This is where they wanted to be. They wanted this to be a part of their life because they made much of Jesus. They knew how much Jesus had done for them. So as, uh, as I get ready to close, man, take a second and just think, man, who, who would not want to be a part of that church? Amen? Who, who, who? Think of the roughest person you know or the person farthest away from Jesus, man. There ain't nobody on this planet wouldn't want to be a part of that church. And this is the opportunity as this thing gets going. This is the kind of community we're creating here in Pooler, the kind of community that we're creating here. Man, I'm just believing in faith that, that God's going to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we all could ever see or imagine. Not because of anything new we're doing, but we're trusting what he's done on the cross. Amen. And speaking of that, I just wanna share this with you, talking about Jesus and being normal. And, and here's the deal, man. I think a lot of times what keeps people from coming to know Christ is that it, they think it's gonna be awkward or they think, man, I don't know um, how it's gonna look or, or I don't know really what keeps them. But let me tell you the truth of the gospel is this. Just like Peter preached and said who Jesus was, man, we preach the same message here. Let me tell you how that works is this. Every one of us in here were, were, were infected with a disease, right? And that disease is called sin. And that sin is this, is it's what's in us that we do things that don't please God, that we miss the mark of God. And sin puts us here, all right? And see, our God that we talk about, he's not like us, he's holy, he's perfect. He has no sin, but we're not like that. And if we're all honest in our heart, we know that we've done things that have broken the heart of God, that we miss the mark of perfection. And so what we have is this, is we have a perfect God and we have sinful people. And here's the deal, on your best day, on your, in your best work, we fall incredibly short that we can't take one step closer to God on our own strength, right? That we sin daily. It says that our righteousness is like rags before a perfect and a holy God. And so God had to do something if we weren't gonna stay in this state, God had to do something. And what God did is this. He loved us, wretched sinners, those that break the heart of God. He loved us so much that he sent his son, Jesus, to live among us. That Jesus walked in our shoes, just like us. That God's son became man. It says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And that he walked with us and he showed us what love looked like. And what we did, sinful man, is we put him on the cross and we crucified him. And what God was doing all the while is that, when, we, um, when he saw us and he saw our sin, the punishment we deserve, he poured it out on Christ and that he paid a penalty and he paid for a debt that you and I could never pay. And what he said is this, is that anyone would come to trust and surrender their life to his son, Jesus, that he would save them. That we could go from glory to glory today. That when we say yes to Christ and we place our faith in Christ, God saves us from our sin and brings us back into a relationship with God that we're justified in an instant. We say yes to Christ. When we're honest about sin in our life that God, I have been a sinner and God, I, I've just wanted sin itself self if I'm honest. But tonight, whatever this guy has been saying, whatever is going on here, man, there's something pulling at my heart. And whatever reason, I know this message is true. Man, I, I want that, what he's talking about, Right? That's God, that's the Holy Spirit, the same spirit that fell at Pentecost, that's the same spirit that's in this, this room tonight. And what he's saying is, son and daughter, I want to know you and I love you and I want to be in a relationship with you. And see, that's the invitation that puts us in that community. That's the invitation that, that God offers tonight. And so I'm about to pray and we're gonna give an invitation. And if that's where you are tonight, man, I just encourage you, just respond and say yes to Christ. And what we're gonna do, we're gonna celebrate with you and celebrate that God brought someone else into this community. Amen? Let's pray. God, we love you so much. God, I thank you for the opportunity to share your word. Lord, thank you for the church. God, thank you for your design and, and how beautiful your church is. And God, I just pray for each and every heart in this room right now. God, if there's anyone here that they know the night's their night, and God, that you, you love them, man. you You are calling them now son and daughter. And if that's you tonight and you know you want to have a relationship with Jesus, I'm just going to ask, would you lift your hand? Is that anybody here tonight? Amen. Praise God. Amen. You guys can look at me. The ice is broken, man. We've, We've had one person already receive Christ and say yes to Jesus. And so is there, is there anybody else that, man, tonight's your night that you want to come to know Jesus? And man, like you said, it's not, it's not awkward or anything else. We just want to get fired up and celebrate with you because um, I can remember the day when God called me. Is there anybody else? Amen. Man, I love y'all. Man, it's been an awesome evening. I and mean, look, man, we just saw life change. We just saw someone go from death to life. That's pretty cool. Let me pray and close this as we get ready to sing and worship. God, God, thank you for life change. God, thank you uh, for the saving work of Christ. God, thank you that you are continuing to do what only you can do, Lord, and that's save us. And God, I'm just so grateful and humbled. Um, God, I'm unworthy, and uh, Lord, you still call me your son. God, thank you for your grace. Thank you for the young lady that came to know Christ. And um, Lord, help us as a body to celebrate that. And, And Lord, we know it's just the beginning of all you wanna do here, Lord. We love you, we praise you in thy name.